Jesus is well, like, oh shit, is Rubio talking about me? Let me bend over and tie my sandal up so nobody sees my face. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. All right, gang, welcome on back. This is indeed, as you heard from the man with the nice radio voice, the Lions of Liberty podcast, episode number 180, and that means you can find the show notes for everything we talk about, which might just be the GOP debate, over at lionsofliberty.com slash 180. And hey, if you want to support our website, you can do it by supporting our sponsors. You can do it by shopping at libertymaniacs.com for all your Liberty gear. You can use the discount code Lions of Liberty. To get 10% off your entire order or do all your shopping through Amazon.com through our link, which you can find at lionsofliberty.com slash Amazon. It costs you nothing extra to buy really anything on the planet because Amazon has everything. And it gets us a little kickback, helps us expand this operation, helps us keep doing these debate reaction shows. Because, yes, indeedy, it is another GOP debate tonight. And uh, we watched it one. This this one actually featured no Donald Trump for the first time. So that's interesting. And, and we got Rand Paul back in the debate. But before we talk about it, I'm going to first bring in my Liberty Associates, starting with this time, due to a recent rearrangement in my room in the Lions of Liberty Studios, to my right, Mr. Brian McWilliams. Well, I'm typically to your right, being right most often. Uh, I am. That's why am I a little bit more right than you or left than you? I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, I, you're definitely more right than me. All right. Well, there you go. Right, <laughs> I don't right, know. I have no right, basis. Right. I have no basis for that statement. But <laughs> I'm just going to say yeah, it works for for where we're at right now. By the way, you forgot to mention what we're uh, we're drinking. I didn't here. forget. I was going to get there. Okay. Well, hey, I'm just saying because as uh, new listeners may not know yet, but our old listeners will, we cannot watch these debates and talk about them without a couple adult beverages because we are all, of course, very very of age. Very of age. Uh, so we are going to have a few, and I'm just sipping on it. I'm taking it pretty easy. I'm basically drinking apple juice with alcohol in it, also known as Strongbow. And uh, yeah, it's delicious. It's a nice way to, to get through the debate. Brian, however, had a tougher experience with the debate tonight, so he's going a little harder. What you got? I'm going tough, but I'm, I'm drinking my Crown Royal Rye again. Going tough. In, as he in, in honor of Ted Cruz. Out of a Charlie Canadian. Brown glass, by That's the way. Right. Yeah, I know. I, I, the Camp Snoopy collection, by the way. I think it was uh, available at gas stations back in the 70s. Yes. Those and are vintage glasses, by the way. Before we uh, get too into the bed, I just want to mention one thing that is hilarious. Uh-huh. There has been a person following around Canadian Ted Cruz with a sign accusing him of liking Nickelback. It's true. And I believe this man is a hero. I agree. He's the hero that this campaign needs. Well, that's not... I don't know if that's worse than the debate for Ted Cruz this week. It's been a rough week for Ted Cruz, but it we'll get into that. Uh, I've also got a couple other regular characters from these shows here with us. We're going to start with... Um, how about we start with JB, since he was on time for this call. Uh, JB in Philadelphia. JB Lubin, what's up, man? Nothing much. Um, just recovering from that debate as usual, you know, trying to get my, my senses together. Rattled a bit, but I did, think I'll be ready to go. Did you play our GOP debate drinking game at all? No, I just just drink whiskey throughout, you know. I can't. Throughout every day, regardless yeah, of if there's a much. day Yeah, pretty much. I'm just constantly not. drinking whiskey as I go through my day. Well, that's the same thing as if you follow the, the debate drinking game. Because if you follow our debate drinking game rules, you pretty much don't stop drinking. You're, you're probably dead. Your liquor's exploded. Yeah. And by the way, shame on me. I took out a real rule for the last several uh, GOP debate drinking games. Everyone, in fact, mentioning the gang of 8-Bill and Marco Rubio. And it never seemed to come up. So I took it out for this debate. And of course, there was about... 10 solid minutes. So I guess, you know, you're welcome in a way because uh, you'd literally just be dead on the floor. That would have been the one. of your vomit. That gang of eight drink would have been the one that, that put you all over the edge. Without a doubt. And, of course, we're going to bring in the man 
the myth, the legend, the godfather of Lions of Liberty, Mr. Howie Snowin- Snowden from Leesburg, PA. What's up, man? Leesburg, hey, PA. Mark. Leesburg, <laughs> VA. Sorry. You know, it's yeah, been a long day. PA, PA, close enough. Hey, good, good to have Rand back tonight, though, huh? Absolutely. And uh, what do you, what, uh, first of all, wait, I don't think I got JB's type of whiskey. I know that he's been drinking whiskey. So let me just re- reverse course for a second. What, what kind of whiskey are you drinking over there, JB? I am drinking Tomatin 12, a Highland single malt. All right. I have not heard of that. I will Speyside or uh... add it to the Rolodex. It looks like a straight Highland. It's uh, pretty cheap, you know, but it's decent. I, I don't even know if I could recommend it. I hope they're not listening right now because we need sponsors, but. I mean, it, it, for the price, for hey, the price, cheap and decent is an endorsement. Yeah, from cheap my and world, decent. So. I will call the Tomatin Twelve. And and Howie, what about you? What are you chugging <laughs> over there? Well, it's been a long day for me, so I'm drinking some coffee with the uh, good portion of Jameson's Irish whiskey poured in there. Okay. Don't you have That's to get acceptable. up in four hours to go to work and you're drinking coffee? <laughs> are you just not going to sleep? You're just powering through. You're gonna you can record the debate, watch it again, and then go to work. <laughs> I don't really sleep that much. <laughs> He's going to listen to this show as soon as it's, it's done recording. <laughs> Oh, I always do. Before I before I share it on Facebook, I have to before make sure I even it wasn't... edit it, I'm going to send you the raw <laughs> file to listen to as you as you wane to sleep for an hour or two. I have to make sure things don't get too crazy before I share it when we're uh, drinking and uh, bullshitting about this stuff. You know. All right. Well, speaking of drinking and bullshitting, hey, let's do that. <laughs> um, first of all, I, I don't know if anybody else watched it. Am I the only one that watched the undercard debate? In America? Probably, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. In the United States, am I the only one that watched the undercard debate? Why would you do that to yourself? Because I'm dedicated to liberty and advancing liberty, even if it means listening to Rick Santorum. And he's a good friend of Jim Gilmore. And you know what? The reason I mention it is, well, well, A, because Rick Santorum actually had a good point in that debate when I tuned in. He was going on a super fiery rant about how it's BS that – why am I censoring herself? I'm putting the E on this. It's bullshit that the media gets to label certain candidates as quote-unquote undercard and decide based on polls with very narrow margins of error. Some some they're going to call main event. And some they're going to call undercard. It diminishes other candidates, um, and there's just no reason for it. And it's and it's nonsense. And I was sitting there nodding my head, thinking, "Wow, there's something I agree with Rick Santorum on." Because there's nothing hey, it, else. It's true as that might be, Mark. I mean, I, I don't think these poll numbers are accurate. He's pulling at zero percent in Iowa, zero percent New Hampshire, zero percent. Well, he South addressed Carolina. that too. He said they don't <laughs> they don't put his names on polls, but then they still put him as like zero percent because they asked <laughs> oh. for the reporting numbers. So that that was part of what he was going on about. He's like, this is wow. nonsense. Like they don't even put my name on some of the polls, then they report it as zero percent. And if they really do that, that's I mean, I haven't verified his statements yet, but that's it's wow. obviously that is well worthy of, of being pissed. I about. want to put my name on polls and show up at zero. Yeah, I mean, I got zero percent too. They don't have to, li- they don't have to list me. I just like to be listed, you know, in the zero percent listing. Yeah, list the rest of America. At 0%. They're like Brian McWilliams. I'm like, huh? Well, I think I think it brings up a good point, but I can't be hundred percent on board on it because it's just too many people running for the Republican nomination. Even at in the main event, there's too many people to have a reasonable debate. Like a, a debate should really be just two people. Here's an idea. Split it up a couple nights a week. Split up two nights and don't call it main and you know, you know, upper and lower. Call it like you know, debate Royal A, Rumble. debate B, and do like random pairings, like or take a couple people from the t- quote unquote top tier, couple lower tier people, put them all in there, let them talk about ideas, and forget about polling. You know, there's ways you can divide it up without necessarily taking all these polls and and calling some people undercard and calling and marginalizing some candidates. Guys, I guess you could, I no, guess you no, could say that. I want to see them- Jim Gilmore versus Jeb Bush. That's what I want to see. No. You guys, none of them talk about ideas though. Besides Rand, it's just a bunch of. Talking points, propaganda, grandstanding. This is true. 
wise. I don't think it's going to benefit anybody doing anything different. Sure. I mean, I mean more in, in principle and, and, but in the reality of the situation, it's not really going to change much for us. Really. The only thing that changes things for us is whether Rand is in or not. And to be honest, whether Trump is in or not does change things, but I got to say his absence was not really missed. It was kind of refreshing, even though he's been in a large part, the most entertaining part of the debates. Um, I didn't miss him and it actually felt like it was a, a more civil conversation to me. Did you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think the level of discourse was a lot higher without Trump being there. And the level of just knowledge about basic politics, basic law, the way that the government works, the actual regulations that are put in place, without Trump being there to kind of just make these broad statements, they actually had to concentrate more on the real political theory, the real um, actions that have been going on in government and what could possibly be done rather than just saying, ah, we'll build a giant wall. Well, you know, Ted Cruz wants to tear down the blend wall. Yeah, you know, you know I missed that? that. I was driving over here. I, I did not know what that it's something means. something about so mixing ethanol like with gas and uh, how much they're allowed to do that. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this, and I never you know want what? to be an expert I actually on this. do know a little bit about this. Oh, now you're the expert. I'll, I'll okay. fill you in because I wrote an article actually saying that Ted Cruz is right in this regard. Oh, no. And that is basically what he's talking about is that is the ethanol subsidies. There's a mandatory blend that is that you have to do, which uses the ethanol from corn, and this being Iowa, that's a big topic there because all these farmers get subsidies so the the government mandates that they put in um, like a certain amount like 20 percent of this corn-based ethanol into the gasoline and there's no really good reason for it It doesn't help anything it costs a shit ton of money to do well, it helps something it helps corn growers helps that want corn. subsidies yeah, in exactly Iowa. that's all it does but it makes the gas more expensive and ethanol costs a shit ton to make and it drives the prices of corn up which of course the farmers love so it's just all horse shit so he's actually right in that regard and I also think ethanol is not very good for gasoline engines, too. No, I, and it's, I and it's think not a good I've, pollutant I've heard either. that, yeah. Yeah, and it's, and it's a bad pollutant. It's, not, it's, it's like worse than gasoline. You're, I, a, you're a man of science, JB. Tell us more. Well, I, I'm a biologist, so... <laughs> corn's a, corn's my, a my thing expert, that has biology. <laughs> expertise is in, in, I guess, combustion fuels, but... Hey, I've science is science. I've heard that ethanol-based fuels do, like, cause damage to the engine it causes more wear and tear it lowers like the longevity of an engine when it, there's ethanol in the gasoline I've, which is why i think they limit it to like 10 percent or something like that just yeah. enough to get the subsidies but not quite enough to ruin your engine that's, that's do that. islands not feel like they're just shaking down the rest of the country like to support them like, i think they're fully all about is, yeah we are because they you know they came to the uh, governor terry branstad this is towards the end of the debate and they you know they, they talked about how he's a six-term governor which just blows my mind and then i yeah. and i realized why it's because he was you know going after cruz saying he's you know owned by big oil well in iowa that's code for he doesn't want to give us ethanol subsidies right. <laughs> so i mean yeah and i guess they keep electing him because he's probably a big ethanol guy so he keeps sending the, the court, federal corn money their way boom <laughs> How about even a bigger picture? The fact that Iowa and New Hampshire do not represent America at all, not the Republican Party, not the Democratic Party. It's such a small minority of such like weird special interests. Like, well, yeah, we, me and Brian talked it's about this. Crazy. On that a- they, oh, oh, go ahead. No, I mean, yeah, I'm just going to echo your point. I mean, the, the, why don't we all have the election on the same day? I mean, why do we or why do we wait for some states to tell us what they think, and then we let that influence what the rest of us think? And then, you know, by the time you get to the last 20 states, it doesn't even matter because everyone else has dropped out because their poll number, or, you know, they're, they didn't do well in the first few, and that means everything. So it's just, it, it makes no sense at all. Just like yeah, because it, it becomes the media story. Whoever wins the first couple, they get the uh, the, the boost and the, the coverage and the press, and we're all told they're the winners. They've got it. And that's what the people go with. Crazy. 
Crazy's right. The whole thing's crazy. All right, so let's, uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we just go down the list of these guys tonight, and we'll just, each of us can just talk about each of them. How about Should that? we save the best for last? Maybe. Or maybe we save the best for first. I guess it's not really saving in that Maybe case, we'll put but. them in the middle, keep people involved, then they can decide whether or not to turn it off <laughs> or right. not. We're not even going to say who or what that is, but um, all right, why don't we just start with um, who the man who I has, have found to honestly be the most annoying guy in Either side of this, in the upper, lower, Democrat, Republican, I cannot stand Marco Rubio. I more than Chris Christie? I, wow. More than Chris Thank Christie. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. You're Same welcome. I, he's way worse than Chris Christie. I, I know. Chris Christie has not grown on me in the sense that I like enjoy his like anything he says, but he's like a cartoonish character, at least to me. I can kind of... He's this sort of fake Jersey mob boss who just wants to get things done because he was a governor and a governor and not a senator, and senators don't do nothings. You know, it's, it's, he's funny to me. I can find entertainment in him. I do not find entertainment in Marco Rubio. I just want him off my TV. I want him gone. Everybody else, like, they're, they're, I don't agree with any of their policies besides Rand at all, really, at any level. But none of them just, like, scream, get off my TV to me, like Marco Rubio. Though, though you know what? Christie playing the 9-11 card when he was uh, during his closing oh, it's terrible. It really uh, grinds my gears. Well, I, I will entirely get, predictable. Oh, well, let's get, we'll get back to Chris Christie. But let me just say with Marco Rubio, we were talking about this a little bit in the live blog, is it was a little weird how he was being so nice to Rand tonight because they were really going at it in other debates. And tonight Rubio was like, you know, I, I really respect Rand. He, uh, he's a man that says what he means and means what he says. And I'll say this about him. The guy believes what he says. Yeah. I mean, I, and that's he, code for this guy's a kook, but Hey, at least he's like, <laughs> but you know what? He said it a couple other times uh, where there were, you know, it was complimentary and in various ways. So I was like, wow, which, you know, my own personal theory, I voice was that Rubio is going to have a sniper on the roof. And probably was going to kill Rand later that night. So he's like, what do I got to lose? Well, well hey, I-, I think it's as simple as they need to take down Cruz. It's, you know, the three of them are competing for the... The, uh, the everybody else you know. vote. <laughs> the not Trump, <laughs> not Cruz vote. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> the non-establishment senator. The young senator shaking things up. God, non-establishment. What a joke. I will say that I'm incredibly sick of Rubio's pandering time and time again to the religious crowd. Like, God himself is rolling his eyes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's some of the that's another that thing. saying. Yeah, he is the worst offender of that. He basically, I mean... I, I think they mentioned some Time article that referred to him as, like, the GOP's savior. And yeah, he said, like, God. <laughs> no, um, I'd like to correct that headline. There is only one savior, and his name is Jesus. And we are good friends. And, um, yeah, so vote for me. <laughs> wait, wait. Jesus is well, like, oh, shit, is Rubio talking about me? Let me bend over and tie my sandal up so nobody sees my face. Did you guys know that uh, Rubio used to be a Mormon? What? I, yeah, I he's been, like, he's I did been, not like, know that. He's been like three different sects of Christianity, and he still goes to like all the churches. I actually wrote the article on Rubio, which I will link to the show notes. Fine. All right, something to link to. Um, um, I wrote a whole article just breaking down his positions, and um, let's just I'll I'll I'll, I'll end the uh, spoiler alert. He's not very pro liberty on anything, uh, but I will still link to that so you can find out for yourself just why. But yeah, no, he's been like all one of the things he's chastised for is like. You know, switching religions and like being associated with all these weird church leaders, and you know, hopping through different sects of Christianity. And he was a Mormon once, then he was a Baptist, and yeah, it's never really clear what he actually is. Well, he, just, he, he tries to Mormon, say he's all of them. If he started as a Mormon, he's a polygamist by nature, so he's just being a religious polygamist. I guess. So. Didn't he start as Catholic? A religionist. A religionist. Well, yeah. I think he might. Yeah, I, I, it's confusing. The he's Cuban, right? So probably. Yeah, background wise, he was probably Catholic. 
Yeah, yeah, first he was Cuban and Catholic, and then he was uh, Mormon, and then he was a Baptist, and then some other stuff happened. And now he's running for president. Wouldn't it be great if he, uh, he got up to heaven eventually, and he got to the gates, and then God was like, Ah, oh, I hate Cubans. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a bitter irony for Marco. You can skip between religious sects. That's cool. But Cuba? No, thanks. Please Get back on your on. raft. Maybe C- Cubans just have to show up with cigars, and then they're, they're in. If not... Tough luck. No, no cigar? All right. So we're going to move the, on from... Wait. W- before we go, am I the only one who noticed that Rubio's basically said out front he's willing to shit all over the First Amendment just to get at those darn Muslims yes, in this country? Yes, that's right. Yeah, we need the to talk about that. The First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment. I mean, all the amendments are pretty much irrelevant as long as you can get the Muslims. Right? Yeah, that, that was... I agree. <laughs> Jamie, he's like, shut crazy. down churches, shut down mosques, shut down you know, men's locker rooms where Muslims hang out, shut down everybody, shut down Arby's, I saw a couple Muslims We're going to shut down diners? Shut where down we gonna diners, get it? I saw them meeting there once. Oh, it's hard enough to get a good breakfast. I, I'm like, Rubio, those were Sikhs, they were Sikhs! <laughs> Leave Denny's alone. Well, what's so crazy about that, too, is it's like, you know, okay, you can't converge because, oh, you know, he, like, transitioned from, oh, where they meet is is where these this, this talk happens and this talk leads inevitably to violence. It's like if you talk about something, it happens. Like, anybody that owns a gun, if they talk about shooting the gun now, okay, that's violence. So now you're going to ban everybody from congregating that has guns, too? <laughs> it's, like, it's an insane on its face. You know what else leads to violence? Threatening to bomb the Middle East. So. It doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> that can also lead to violence. But yeah. Every time they say, like, well, we need to keep America safe from terrorists, well, you know what? Then just let us defend ourselves. Stop trying to pass gun control. Just, uh, hey, but, like, we're not scared. We're not afraid. Stop, stop trying to make us. Yeah, <laughs> Howie. We can take care of ourselves if you just leave us be. Dude, I want to be at Howie's house when the, uh, the Red Dawn scenario goes down. Because Howie's yeah, not do. afraid of nothing. He's got the pit bull. He's got the arms, I presume. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, disclose anything on, on the air here, but... I'm so, confident that he's well prepared. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. All right. So we got one down. All right, Rubio. Who's done. next? Who's next? Maybe we'll the rank list? these guys at the end. That's probably impossible though. That's gonna take. All right. Forever. Let's move on. I was to... gonna ask how, who said ISIS the most times too, and that's let's, also. Let's move on to my favorite Jersey boy, Chris Christie. What'd you guys think of Chris Christie's performance tonight? Should I just do this fake Tony Danza, half Christie voice the rest of the just night? Or going, what do you think? Hey, I know, I know you guys don't like this, but I, I like that he uh, focuses on Hillary and not tearing down the other Republicans because she's she's the biggest threat that we face. She's so much worse than anybody on that stage. Is, not but, that, but don't you think that Bernie's going to win Iowa and New Hampshire? I think that's what you said. So, uh, oh, I, I do. Aren't think they going to have egg on their face when they've been talking about Hillary for six months and now Ber- Bernie's like, oh, but they didn't have a plan to defeat me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, count on count. I was just thinking Bernie that. Now. I was like, that sounded a little bit. All like the states are going to win. One, all that they're all, all, uh, uh, all going to say when that happens is like, oh, even better. He's a socialist. This is even easier than if Hillary had won. That is what their answer would be, actually, without a doubt. Yeah. But, all, yeah. but Howie, isn't it a problem though that all Chris Christie does? You can ask Chris Christie any question, any question, and it will come back to two things, either ISIS or terrorism or Hillary Clinton. 9-11, that's, but that's all in the same well, All the same terrorism blanket. Yeah, yeah. it's all it's under the same umbrella. That's the two things. It drives me fucking insane. That's why I hate Chris Christie, because every single question, it's like, Chris, what do you think about the economy? I think that the economy is ruined by Hillary Clinton. Okay, great. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jerkoff. That really helped. My Christie's definitely better. I'm just putting it out there. Tra- Yours sounds like Bernie dying. I'm trying to sound more like he actually sounds, though. He does. He has a more of a higher voice. Like, the- yeah, I don't know. I'll, to, I'll yeah, practice no, it next time, guys. Tune in for that. the next GeoBait yeah. recap when I have a it, nailed, absolutely nailed Chris Christie. If you're invited back, if he's invited back, two thumbs down for Chris Christie. 
Two thumbs he did down. Have a, he did have a new song today when he was asked a question about what pro, what federal program would he remove to help balance the budget. This moron said Planned Parenthood, which I don't <laughs> oh. even know is even one one hundredth of a cent of the federal budget. <laughs> exactly. He's like, you is, know, like, is there anything the government shouldn't do? He's like, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you about Planned Parenthood. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I agree in principle the government shouldn't fund Planned Parenthood. That should come from private people and maybe states or whatever. Definitely not the federal government. But come on. That's, yeah. really, that's the only thing you can come up with? The budget it's here. a nothing part of the budget. No, but these yeah. morons yeah. eat it up. Did you hear them going crazy? Oh, they, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Well, they eat up a lot yeah. of that shit. Like, it's like he, he takes his page of the book. Like, if you've seen Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? There's this mayor character called, like, Pappy. And all Pappy says, he goes out and he goes, I'm going to take my broom and I'm going to brush him out and we're going to rock out in Washington and we're going to get him going. And that's like Chris Christie. He took the cliches Man. out of this guy's mouth and just starts spouting him on stage. And people are clapping like idiot seals. It goes over, and that's, I think that's why Rand was doing all his abortion thing. And it's like, hey, I'm not running for anything. Iowans, you're idiots. What? It's, I can't believe how they just eat it Iowans, up. Iowans, like, you're idiots. I don't, I don't <laughs> think he quite said that. Slap but. it on a bumper sticker. <laughs> Except for the two that I know who are very nice, good people. Besides them. I'm uh, sure they If listen. only Trump was here, he'd be like, Iowans are fantastic people. Fantastic people. But they're T- idiots. Or, or, if, or if they don't, or if they don't vote for him, they're like, eh, they're not that great of a state, you know. They're never that really that good. I mean, oh, yeah. ethanol, it's if not he, good gas. I can't wait. Here's I hope cars. I hope he gets like third in Iowa or something or whatever. I hope he doesn't win. So just oh. so he can say stuff like that. Well, <laughs> hey, it's Iowa. You know, come on. Like, who, who takes Iowa seriously? I mean, great people, great people. Fancy. Even we can't avoid talking about Donald Trump yep. sometimes. Yeah. Hey, at the, at the end of the show, I want to hear everybody's who they think will be the top three. In, oh no, uh, we will do our Iowa predictions at the end. Absolutely. Okay. We'll We'll get there. Don't worry. So, uh, anything else to say about Christie? Uh, no. He had one good line about Clinton. I'll say I, I'm going to try to say good things about people sometimes. So, I will say that Chris Christie does entertain me as a as a as a TV character, not as not as someone I want to see as president. I can't I can't get past him. He pisses me off too much. Yeah, I mean, I want I'd like to see him on like a sitcom, but not not any not in any position of power over my life. So, <laughs> there's that. All right, moving on. Let's move on to the man with two last names, Mr. John Ellis Bush Bush. The notorious J.E.B., Jeb Bush. Thoughts on Jeb? He was kind of uh, I was going to let Jeb B. talk about him. Oh, yeah. We got it. Jeb B. Lubin. <laughs> that's what that's the J stands for Jeb, J- right? Yeah, it's the J.B. The J stands for Jeb, right? It certainly does. Je- Jeb Bush Lubin? Jeb Bernard Lubin over here. <laughs> I really can't say much on Jeb this debate because I feel like he didn't really get a chance to say anything at all. Am I the only one who feels like he's been pretty marginalized at this point? Like he, he talks, said, but he oh no, keep going. Well, yeah, he, he he does say some things, but nothing that struck me as being very impactful. At least nothing I can remember at this moment, though. I've been I had a few adult beverages right now. If anyone can fill in the blanks here. Well, the only memorable memorable moment for me for Jeb is when he and uh, Rubio were having that. No, you're a flip flopper. No, I I know, but you're a flip flopper too. And for like five minutes, just telling each other how they're both flip floppers, and both of them basically admitting it. And like that's that's their argument against each other. That was awesome. I think they kind of like blew each other up with like with like two. Bu- they had bazookas aimed at each other and both shot him at the same time and they're both well Ted Cruz got in there too and then it was Ted Cruz the flip flopper everybody was flip flopping it was great but I I will say I agree with JB I was trying to think like I made a note to myself that Jeb is basically just totally irrelevant you know, it's like he doesn't matter when he's talking. It's like, me, it does not matter. He talks about expanding the military. That's his big talking point. He loves talking about the military and the vets. I did agree with him that the VA is jacked up. 
That's one of the well, I That's too easy, down. though. Everyone knows the VHS. Yeah, I agree. It's like, come on. I agree. But, you know, it's the only one that I remember addressing the fact. So that was one point. So good job, Jeb, about talking about the VA. Otherwise, uh, who cares? You, you're a completely irrelevant dropout. Howie, thoughts on Jeb? Oh, oh, hey, well, right before the debate on the uh, O'Reilly factor, you're talking about, oh, what does Jeb need to do to, you know, break out during this? And, you know, all the other candidates, and they get to Rand Paul, and like, well, he has no chance at all. He, he should just drop out. Well, why is he even running? I mean, that's just <laughs> such bias if you can say that Rand is irrelevant, but Jeb is not. Either yeah. say they're both not or say they both are because they're yep. in the same territory, to be honest. Exactly. But, uh I, and I think Rand has a better ground game and more actual support than Jeb. So there. really, every every time Jeb talked, I was, I just wish that Trump was there to rib him. <laughs> I wish that Trump it's, was there to say, "Hey, Jeb, fantastic guy, fantastic man, right here, total total idiot and pussy, cannot be a president." <laughs> Jeb, go <laughs> sit in I, the I, pussy room and please don't talk every, anymore during the debate. That's what he says every debate. He always like hypes him up as a nice guy, then just says, "But really, come on, total idiot, worst." Yeah. And by <laughs> I love Trump. Okay. I love Trump cutting down Jeb. I love him cutting down Cruz. That's uh, that's about what I missed him for. But I mean, Jeb's just same old. Yeah, same but we old. can do that too. So you know, I mean, his mother even said he shouldn't be president. I mean, do we Did need she to really say that? <laughs> yeah, she's like, I think our families had done enough. There's other people out there. That <laughs> <laughs> like, Barbara said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Barbara. Barbara. I'm sure. Mark, find the video that she's link like, it to this. She, she's like, I'm seeing my family name just get sullied. Can we just stop like being president and being the worst? I think she's since walked it back, but... Oh, yeah. She's probably going to say she was... I'll, I'll like, look for the video and... Chad, we only told you in superpowers it. to keep you from being beat up. Um, is it just me or is he getting vastly grayer as this debate has gone on? He's aging like a president during the nomination process. Seriously, his hair was like silvery tonight. Oh, by the way, he said that the campaign has just begun, by the way. I think he looks kind of like Teddy Ruxpin. It has been about eight months, Jeb. So he's like Teddy Roosevelt, and Teddy Ruxpin had a baby. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Wow. Yeah. Because he's cute, and he's got the glasses and the hair. All right, that yep. seems like a good time to move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we said we'd stick him in the middle, so I, I'm going to say I'm going to save my personal favorite for last, uh, and I'll reveal last. We still have like three more. I'm not talking about that favorite. Oh, okay. Anyway, Did- here he is. Here's my actual favorite. I mean, come on. He's the guy we all agree with the most, and it is Rand Paul. And I I do think that this was probably Rand's best debate. He had a good coming out party like two debates ago that he wasn't in the debate. But to me, he seemed like he was actually taken seriously by the moderators. He was asked questions that were actually relevant to him. As Brian was excited about, as I was, he was asked about freaking criminal justice reform, which... I, I swear, I saw that guy giving that question. It was a really good question by the, the YouTube fella. And uh, and I was like, oh, my God, they're going to give this to, like, Kasich or something. <laughs> and they actually gave the criminal justice reform question to Rand Paul. And he knocked it out of the park talking about the drug war and how minorities are unfairly targeted in this and in our, in our legal system overall. And it, he thought he nailed that one. I was weeping tears of joy Literally. when that happened. Literally, they were... T- Streaming down my face, I had a hard time live lines. My fingers were getting all sticky with snot and, mm-hmm. and tear juice. But no, it's amazing. He gave a great answer. He went into body cameras. He went into uh, the war on drugs. He went into unfair prosecution of minorities. When it comes to the war on drugs, he went into the prison system. He just absolutely murdered it. Nailed so it. fantastic job. And that and that got a massive responsibility. I think not just from his supporters, but other people as well. The crowd was loving him tonight. Oh, yeah, I definitely noticed that. He was getting a lot of support from the crowd. I think that's definitely an indication of the fact that they've been touting how much support they have in Iowa. And, I mean, obviously, I mean, I mean, who knows how, 
how much that audience is actually representative of the of the greater support overall. But they definitely had a, a, a lot yeah. of Rand fans in the crowd ahead of time. Hey, the university is still in session there this time. And uh, millennials, yes. this is your one chance to redeem yourselves in my eyes. Yeah. You go out there and you vote for Rand or you're dead to me. A whole generation is at stake, guys, in how That's eyes. right. So you, That's right. And it's only the Iowans. The Iowans are going <laughs> to speak for all millennials here. So I will take back what I said about Iowa if you can uh, put it <laughs> over the top. Heck, he'll even support ethanol subsidies. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I'll... I'll fill my whole car with ethanol, no gas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put literally just unethanol pieces of I corn will, in my gas tank. I will drink ethanol on the air next time. Hey, if, it's, if you it's guys better, than the, uh, better than the water in where is that? If Rand Paul wins Iowa, I will drink a glass <laughs> of ethanol. Pussies drink it. Real men freebase it. God, I hope he doesn't win. It's gonna be I really don't want to go. But uh, that word. Rand, especially his criminal justice answer, I decided right then and I'm like, I'm sending him another donation. But then when it got to the uh <laughs> but then like, when it got the, to the, the Life uh, and Consumption Act. Yeah, I started to. I don't know now. Yeah, he, did, he, he started, started deleting zeros. Away. He deleted zeros I'm, from his. I'm not sure. It's, it's lucky I didn't. I didn't click the uh, donate button yet. I'm, uh, <laughs> He's just sitting. I don't know. He's it thinking was, about it. So yeah. no, uh, great, I, great performance, though, and I, I mean, I feel like he has to say that to those people there. So well, let's just talk about that abortion answer for a minute, <laughs> mostly because I missed it because I had a, an issue with my live stream for a moment. So why don't uh, JB? Well, can you? Uh, weigh in on what he said for the abortion answer? Do you remember that? I was pretty disappointed with what he said with that. But before I go into my disappointment, I want to praise him. I want to give him a Paulus. Hey, yeah. yeah. then I'm not going to being For being pretty much the first politician that I've ever heard acknowledge how Americans are basically fined to death in this country, especially lower-income Americans on all these fines and that they accrue from doing the most absurd of things, and he actually said this in a Republican debate, and it got an applause, and I'm very happy with that. Yeah, I mean, that's where a lot of the anger in Ferguson came from. I mean, regardless of the incident that actually set things off, that's it, that anger comes from being fined to death. I mean, that is really where this all stems from, being fined, getting into the court system, not being able to get out of it, trying to make your way in life, and just being crushed by the local governments. So, I mean, he, he's the old, definitely the only Republican addressing this at all. Oh, without a doubt. there. I mean, there's a death spiral. I was reading this article, I think it was in the LA Times, because we have insane parking fees here. Like, if you if you get something like $100 sometimes for a parking ticket. So... There's one sort of woman she get you know, couldn't pay it. You go to court. They say, okay, this thing you know pay it off by this time. Miss the date because you don't have enough money. Then the fees something like triple or quadruple. Then there's interest on top of it. So at the time you got this ninety dollar parking ticket, and you could finally look at the bill that is all told it was like eight hundred dollars. It's impossible for these people Insane. to pay off. Insane. Dude, we just had a blizzard here in D.C. and all the cars are like buried and like ice to the ground couldn't be moved. They just went around ticket them all and like. Made like thousands and thousands of I dollars. Saw that. Off. They should mass protest paying those. Keep tickets. it classy, DC. Seriously, someone should organize yeah. a campaign. Everyone that got a ticket that day, do not pay. Like that's what I would do if I lived there. But I would never live in DC. Yeah. God. <laughs> um, so back to this abortion answer because I miss it. So I don't even know what he said. So JB, you want to fill me in and why you're disappointed? Well, the moderator basically said that ran and rightfully so, and as far as he stands, position wise, was said that the issue of abortion should be left to the states. And when pushed on it, the moderator said, so if a liberal state wanted to allow abortion, are you okay with that? And being a Republican nominee and wanting the being a Republican candidate and wanting the nomination, he can't outright say yes, which is probably what he believes. I firmly believe that's what he believes, but he kind of danced around the issue and never really answered the question about saying 
that yes, if a liberal state wants to allow abortion, I'm okay with that. He had to tell seemed- the party I don't on. think he is okay with that. Though. No, uh, for me, I think he actually. From what I remember, he actually, and this is what it really pissed me off. He actually said, "Oh, well, I, I you know, my life conception bill would deal with that on a federal level." Right. So he said, "Yeah, you know, states' rights should have it, but but I'm dealing with it on a federal it's level." A, it's separate bills he's talking about, kind of separate but, things. But that's basically double talk. That either it's right. either you leave it to the states or it's a federal issue. You can't have it both ways. Exactly. It's impossible to have it both ways. And he is politically sort of trying to have it both ways in this in this circumstance, for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's so a, he, it's a shameful thing, and it really is going to be you know it's going to be his Achilles' heel because when it comes to independent voters and especially kids of college age, that are, is where so much of support is supposedly coming from. That's a big issue, you know. If he's saying, oh, you know what? No, you can't get an abortion if uh, you know as soon as this kid comes to conception age or is, is conceived, no more abortions. You know, conception age, conception age, <laughs> one second, <laughs> one literally one millisecond. In. Uh, that you can't have abortions. I mean, all that college sport, they're going to be like, ooh, maybe not. Maybe not, Randy. See you later. It's true. I mean, but I mean, at least you wish he would just be consistent, even if you can disagree with him. But it's uh, he is kind of waffling a little bit to me, it seems. But Exactly. That's why I felt like his initial position is probably the best position for him. He probably has ethical um, objections towards abortion, and that's perfectly fine. I would say I do as well. But I feel like it's not my place to be telling other people what they should be doing, and if you and leaving it as a state's issue would be it's basically like a get out of jail free card. Well, but in fairness, but I he think- didn't want to. He didn't want to stick to his guns on that point. He wanted to toe the party line, and that, that's what I was particularly not pleased about. Chris Wallace did emphasize, like, the issue is that, you know, some people see abortion as murder. So, in that context, it's not really about leaving things, you know, people to their own ethical decisions, because if we actually said some states can legalize murder, well, everyone would be like, well, no, we can't just, like, legalize murder. So, if people do view it as murder, I think that's that's where the issue lies. Well, isn't capital punishment legalized murder anyway? Isn't war legalized murder? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Isn't police violence against citizens where, like in L.A., where they shot a woman because they thought it was, she was uh, – they shot two women that were in a truck because the cops were hunting someone else. They shot the truck up. They shot the woman up, and then no charges. That's you – know, they, they didn't die in this instance, but uh, oftentimes legalized murder. So let's just say the, ten, the term legalized murder is, uh, I think, irrelevant in this context because it's so often abused anyway by the state. One more thing, too, about Rand that I wanted to mention is I thought he had great points about Assad. You know, he was one of the few people on stage, or maybe the only person on stage, actually, that said, you know, if we oust Assad, if we spend any time on him, all it's going to do is cause regime change. And essentially, that regime change would be a vacuum. There's nobody there just because of civil war. So why do we want to upset that region? Why do we want to completely destabilize all the infrastructure, all the region there, and just allow that vacuum to be taken up by most likely ISIS or another group that would be not desirable to the United States? So, so, you know, good job on that, Rand. All right. But overall, I, I think we would all agree that uh, Rand had a solid performance. It was a, a different atmosphere not having Trump, Trump there. And I think he did as good a job as he could, minus the abortion question, which, you know, was an awkward moment for everybody. Yeah, I still could have gotten a little bit more opportunity. I mean, it was still heavily Cruz and Rubio. But I thought Cruz, but... well, all right, well, just, let's just move to Cruz. Why not? Cruz it up. Because I thought he had a rough night. He seemed like he was getting a little flustered. He had one moment he uh, kind of threatened to walk off the debate stage. He did. He was trying to trump it. <laughs> and he was like, he was basically accusing Chris Wallace of, of pitting them all against each other. He's like, you're saying Rand said this about Ted. Ted said this about Marco. But the questions they were asking were substantive about the issues, I mean, at this point. So to me, he just seemed like a whiny little brat who didn't really want to answer questions. 
Damn well right. Well, I loved how they called him out on the like he early on the audit the Fed uh, topic where he was like kind of danced around the fact that he didn't even vote for it. You know, he couldn't vote. He's like, oh, I support it. when I'm president, I'll I'll audit the Fed. But um, you know, never mind the fact that I missed the fucking vote while I'm a senator running for president. So I love that he got called out on that a little bit. But yeah, I agree. He was kind of dancing a little bit, and he definitely was flustered out there. Those are those are my thoughts on Ted Cruz, too. <laughs> well, I'll um, tell you. I, I, my thoughts are that I can't believe we have spent so much time that we had to the point that we had to do a whole podcast about this guy to debunk the fact that he people were calling him a liberty candidate. And he's just not. And to me, he seemed like he just had no substance here tonight. I mean, he said, hey, you know, I'm the one that's going to kill ISIS. I'm the one that's going to keep you safe. You're darn right I'll talk about carpet bombing. You're darn right I'll talk about making the sand glow at night. I'll do whatever we got to do. He sounded, once again, like the most, well, not once again. I think I said Jeb actually picked it up last time. But I, to me, he's the neocon of the night. He was. Yeah, he was. Well, I, you know what? I will give him credit on one good thing because oh, we're God, saying one good this. thing. Don't do that. No, no. He was, okay, I thought one. he had a pretty good things to say about health care reform. Um, he had pretty substantive answers. He had a plan for it. Because they're saying, you know, what are you going to do if you repeal Obamacare? I liked his answers in that it's not all the way the way we want it to go. <laughs> Unless the answer is end medical licensing and disband right. the well, AMA. You know I, that. I don't take you seriously. Even Rand Ball can't get that done. But, but thought, he's talked about it. He'll even right talk direction. about licensing. He'll talk about this stuff. Yeah, well, in his Ted book, address in his book uh, he talks about it, too. There but Ted, Ted, he it's, it was some steps forward, and I also thought it was a little bit adorable for Teddy Cruz, Severus Cruz, who we who we compared to Severus Snape in a previous uh, Rand Pauluses and Minuses. I loved it. He was like, yeah, you know, they trust me. Like, you know, nobody would even second your motions. And I just, it made me kind of kind of shine favorable light on him. Let's imagine him like second anybody, second anybody. Severus Cruz. Guess it's about time for me to hit the old dusty tray. Spiniamos! <laughs> <laughs> so, poor well, Severus. <laughs> well, I've regained my senses and I have a comment on Ted Cruz. Right. <laughs> um, well, with this no-fly zone issue that continuously comes up in these Republican debates, who are they really trying to fight? Are they trying to fight Syria or are they trying to fight ISIS? Because last I checked, ISIS doesn't have planes. The, Am I wrong in this? The answer is... Well, okay. In reality, the answer, the real answer, is that they're trying to fight Assad. They're pretending exactly, that they, they're pretending right? that they want to fight ISIS, but that's kind of BS. I mean, that's what I'm gathering because Assad has planes, ISIS does not. So, right. what would a and Russia has planes do against ISIS? They exactly. don't have planes. Russia has planes, but uh, Russia is aligned with Assad. So, really, the only people that have planes are Assad and Russia. So, if we're talking about no-fly zones, we're talking about shooting down Syrian planes who are trying to bomb ISIS and Russian planes who are also trying to bomb ISIS. So, it's not an anti-ISIS policy to have no-fly zones. It might. I mean, you can make other arguments for it, maybe, but it's not that. And all they talk about is ISIS, 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 and then they talk about no-fly zones, which is fighting the people fighting ISIS. It just goes to – it's another example of our just schizophrenic foreign policy that never makes sense, really. Because I think there's – I used to think it was conspiracies, and I'm sure there are levels of conspiracies within it. But I, I really think there's just so many opposing forces within the Pentagon, within the government, within you know groups that lobby for certain policies that, that – that the policies become schizophrenic because there are all, all these forces pulling different ways. Or, as Alex Jones might say, it's all New World Order plans and we'll take the oil and reshape the Middle East. Or, as Joel McHale might say in the recent X-Files, which I highly recommend. Yeah. He is, he is an Alex Jones character. What would he say? Are you going to complete that sentence? Uh, yes. What would he say? 
Uh, he was just saying crap. Yeah. <laughs> same, <laughs> Only same, less, same as conspiracy theory With a stuff. less gravelly voice. Same conspiracy theory stuff. But yeah, yeah it, it is insane. And, and it boggles the mind how so many so many of these candidates, including Hillary Clinton, are calling for the no-fly zone. When, as we All said, it makes zero sense. It make, I mean, it's, it, there's no logic behind it other than, hey, let's go fight it. There's like or, three uh, people. Assad sort of war. There's literally like three people not calling for them. Bernie Sanders, Rand Paul, and, and Donald Trump. DT. The three least warmongers of all candidates. Yeah. That's a fact. I mean, in terms of their statements, we can argue once they get into office, the colors change. That's all totally possible. I'll even say it's possible with all three of them. Who the hell knows? But in terms of their actual statements, I mean, after Rand and Bernie, Donald is the next least to war hockey. Yep. Actually, I think I thought Donald was even higher than Bernie. He might have been. Actually, he might have been. I think I it, was it was the, Rand and then Trump. I, I think it was. I think yeah. you're right. Because even, you know, Bernie's like, well, but I'll pretty much do whatever wars the Democrats want eventually. You know, basically, yeah, pretty sorry. much what he said without saying that. Uh, anything else to say about Ted? Nah. Nah. No. He's dead to me. He was never alive to me, so I guess he's not really dead. He's always no, we, just been a, a walking neocon zombie. cruising and bruising podcast. I mean, I've, I've been... Wary of Ted Cruz since Rand Paul endorsed him in 2012. I remember because he was running against a Rand Paul, like a Ron Paul libertarian. But Rand and Ron both came out, I think, due to the influence of some people in Campaign for Liberty for Ted Cruz. And even then, I was like, I don't know about this. I don't like this guy. Something's weird about him. So he's shifty. I hope he doesn't do well in Iowa. Um, hopefully this debate hurts him because I, I thought he did not come across well at all here. And this was in Iowa. And maybe, maybe some people at home heard the cheers for Rand Paul and heard the people in the crowd. And maybe they thought, maybe we think, should think about this Rand Paul guy a little more. Maybe. Maybe. Um, let's now. If, if anyone's wondering why they haven't heard from Howie, he's not dead. He's just his computer. I think exploded from from all the uh, either the whiskey or the, uh, the the Liberty talk or, or the just the excitement talk, of another GOP. Or the debate. excitement, yes, because there are there are indeed more of these. There's a lot. There's actually a good number more of these, even oh. once we're well into campaign season. So this is uh, pretty much never going to end. <laughs> um, so let's touch on these last two candidates, and uh, you know we'll bounce. But um, oh man, it's so hard to choose between these two. I'm going to save the the cute little puppy dog for last so why don't we touch on john Kasich? and i'm just going to ask both you guys is there anything to discuss about john Kasich other than the fact that everything must relate to being governor of ohio and well and he didn't actually mention balancing the budget tonight which i it just used to be his go-to but you, you stole my my point i was gonna say he seems to be baffled by any question that is not directly referred to whether or not he was governor of ohio and also, he made very clear – oh, this was my, maybe my favorite point in the debate other than uh, Rand talking about justice reform was when they asked John Kasich about the back doors for cell phone technology and for, oh, yeah, and for getting into computers. Oh, God. He just – he literally – you could tell he had – no idea what they were talking about, and he had no answer for it because he goes, "Well, you, you know, we we shouldn't talk about no, these things." You I, can't I really talk about shouldn't. <laughs> I really, you know, thank you for the question. I uh, really should not be discussing these matters. Of, of in fact, if we said the word encryption, ISIS might be able to get uh, backdoor. So we should just we should just. Talk he's, about he's like, I'm not allowed to talk about anything that's not uh, facts. Maybe after the show we can talk a little bit, but uh, no, this is the ISIS has the access to the stream, so we cannot talk about this. Yeah, so what? Yeah, it's JB, you have the same thought. Well, I I actually interpreted that a, a, in a different way. When I heard him say that, it, to me, it sounded like like backdoor security and cybersecurity is something that we shouldn't be discussing in open in the open. It should be like an Oval Office thing. It should be a secret thing, like an NSA thing, and the American public shouldn't know that there are back backdoor loopholes or entrances for the federal government to basically spy on us. 
that's the vibe I got from his like answer to that. Oh, so, so he's even arguably worse. Yeah, no, yeah so that's what it's I, more insidious than a happy-go-lucky, yeah. silly he's pacing. Like, we shouldn't be talking about this. We should just do this, and no one should know about it, and basically screw everybody. He's like, yeah, back That's what I got um, from it. We'll do those, but we won't tell you guys. So let's just like move on. Maybe it's because it looks like he cut bubblegum out of his hair before every debate. But I'm going to say he was just too dumb to know what they were talking about. Because he said specifically these issues should not be discussed. Yeah. Which means that as as president, I'm going to talk to Google. I'm going to go talk to Apple. And I'm going to be able to do these things through my intelligence agencies. And nobody will know about it. And we won't have a discussion about it. We're just going to do it. No, I don't know. You might be right, and I was going to say who No, no, cares, I do think but... that's what he's saying. I was joking about how it came across, but no, I totally agree that that's what he was saying. He's saying, I, well, this is just something we do, and uh, you know, don't worry about it. I think that's what he might have been saying, but I think, when you're looking at him, I think, honestly, it was just a dodge. No, he also just looks clueless all the time, but... <laughs> He looks happy to be there or frantic to be there. Hey, he's polling like 11% in some polls. I don't understand. I don't either. It's got to be people that are exactly like him that are just looking at him like, like, I would be very uncomfortable up there, so I I can relate to this. I also don't know about things, and I also was governor of Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's getting a lot of support from governors of Ohio across this great nation. The governor of Ohio, (laughs) former governors of Ohio for Kasich, is a a huge More than you think. LeBron James keeps getting upset with them, and they keep having to leave. Just like his coaches. All right, we only got one guy to touch on here, and I mean, you know, I, I got I'm developing a soft spot for him because to me, he's not a real candidate, um, but he is because he does well in polls still. So I guess he is a real candidate. But uh, Ben Carson continues to say nothing uh, of substance and <laughs> really nothing at all. So um, what do you, what do you think about Ben Carson, Brian? Are you enamored? I, I like you said, I I just. I don't understand. He he literally he says like I remember one time I wrote down he's like we need different solutions for things. It's like basically that was essentially what it was. He's like doesn't say what they are. Just we need to do different stuff. And then I also remember just remembering he he was telling some some story trying to think of something and he literally starts talking and then he closes his eyes and pauses like he's trying desperately to remember or think of what the next word might possibly be that he could put behind the word in front of it. Like, literally, he's putting together sentences on the spot with no idea where they're going. All right. And next word, ISIS. That's, uh, carpet bombing. Neurosurgery. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I, I, I'm baffled by his popularity. And uh, I, I just, I have, have no faith in the man. JB, any words of wisdom on, uh, on, on this character, Ben Carson, or, or can we move on? I have to assume that his popularity stems from entirely from the fact that he's a... Washington outsider, quote unquote, that he's not a politician because, Ugh. as you said, he says absolutely nothing of substance whatsoever. I mean, neither does Trump really, but he does it way more effectively. Like, yeah, he does he's also a Washington outsider, so you right. can get away with saying absolutely nothing as long as you've never held political office before. It's that's, the same, that's, the, that's what I'm getting from these debates. Yeah. Right. It's well, the, I love, okay. uh, I'm just saying, yeah, it's the same exact people they're appealing to. Trump is just good at it, and Carson is bumbling his way through it, but bumbling your way through it still, I guess, gets you, you know, some percentage of, of, the, of the polls. Well, he's still really heavily playing that I'm a neurosurgeon card. I remember what, he's trying to make it some sort of tie between doing new things and amazing things in government. He's like, well, I've done amazing things with the human body, and I can do that with government. It's like, I, I don't see how those are related, Ben. I've been woken up at two in the morning to make decisions. I can do this job. No problem. <laughs> One time I woke up, I just made pancakes because I wanted them. <laughs> 
That's all. Let several people die that day. <laughs> put their blood on I my put cakes. My, I, put, I put the phone on vibrate, and I put, put it under my pillow, made some pancakes. <laughs> Three Can you deaths. imagine Ben Carson telling you how he's going to do your neurosurgery? Just closing his eyes and so, just slowly speaking. <laughs> what I'm going to... Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I've been up since two. Uh, <laughs> all right. So what I'm going to do um, before we sign off... Now, many of you that are listening to this in your podcast feed are hearing this on Monday which is the day of the Iowa caucuses. So many of you are probably just glued to your news coverage while listening to the sweet sounds of our voices dissecting the last debate. But I want to do a little prediction time, and we'll do this quickly, rapid-fire style. Top three in Iowa, and if you want to go that far, top three in New Hampshire. And I'm going to start with Howie, because he, he posted this in the live blog, even though his <laughs> computer exploded. And um, so Howie's prediction are Trump first in Iowa, Cruz second in Iowa, Paul third in Iowa, and in New Hampshire, he's got Trump first, Cruz second, Kasich third, and Kasich is actually polling pretty well in, in New Hampshire. So those are Howie's predictions. JB, what do you think? What, what are we going to see later today for some listeners of this show in Iowa? I would go Iowa. I would probably say Trump first, Paul second, and then Cruz. All right, because I can't imagine the the noise that he's making about his boots on the ground in Iowa are just smoke. But then again, the the polling for Trump is far too high to say that he won't win Iowa. I'd say he comes in second. But you think it's it's too much? To, no matter what kind of ground game he has, it's it's too much to cover the the love for Trump that's just out there in mass, and that people that's will really go out for Trump. I I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I predict. All right. What about New Hampshire? Do you have any thoughts about that? Obviously, it's going to be affected by the results of Iowa yeah. in some way. But what do you think is going to happen in New Hampshire? New Hampshire, I haven't really thought of so much. I'd probably take say that Trump takes that as well. And probably, I can't imagine Cruz finishing very high in New Hampshire, Republican or not. I'd probably, I'd probably give Paul second there, too. All right. So that's two seconds for Paul. And frankly, I think that would be pretty damn good. I mean, if he got, if he got that two second places far higher than people put him in the polls— that's, I mean, I don't think he, I think he still probably doesn't have a chance of winning, uh, but pr- not a bad position, all things considered. I think if you told his camp that's what would happen, they'd be okay with that. But so we'll see. Brian, I know you already made a prediction this you week. Know what? On, I, I'm going to change it, I think. I was going to change mine too. So we're, we're flip-flopping like Marco and yeah. Jeb over here. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to change it because I was going to initially have, uh, I was going to say Ted Cruz is going to an island. Now, in light of his Win. recent over Trump, even yeah, that's okay. what that's what I was initially going to say. However, before this debate, considering this debate, considering his stand against the uh, the blend against his against the ethanol <laughs> subsidies, <laughs> the blend is going to kill the him. blend wall. I think I think that's going to kill him. So I think he's going to drop down. I am actually bumping Rand up one notch from what I had him at. I think Rand will actually win. Iowa. Wow. I'm changing it. Defeat the, the Trump machine. The support he had, and I think you know, I think he's trending upwards. And the and media will report it as such, and they will say Rand Paul shocks the world. I believe so. Wow. So Rand, I'm going Rand. We're Trump, gonna have to And phone- then Cruz will still have a, a stronger showing enough, but you know, but he's not gonna get first second. I'm saying so it's Paul gonna be Rand first, Paul uh, yeah, Rand Trump first, second? Trump second, Cruz, Cruz third. third. Okay. And then New Hampshire, I'm gonna say that will be Trump, Kasich, Paul. Okay. Well, that's. I'm just going to skip to that. That was exactly what I was going to say for New Hampshire. I was going to say Trump. I don't understand it, but Kasich seems yeah. to do well there. And I, I New Hampshire's either. weird. So I, I, I'm going to say Trump, Kasich, Paul for New Hampshire. Actually, I actually I could see Paul finishing in like fourth or fifth there, to be honest. I could see Trump, Kasich, Carson even. 
Because New Hampshire's weird. Yeah. You always think they're going to do one thing and be the rebels, but then they're not. But then they're still doing weird, picking weird guys. I, it's just. I thought it, they were supposed to be the Liberty State. They're What's supposed to be, but it never shit. works out that way. Yeah. They, they like to crow about how their gun laws are the best in the nation, and then they elect the people that are just well, still secular. So I, I originally, I believe, on on this past week's Rand Paul Lusses and Minuses predicted a third place for Paul. I believe I, I had the same prediction as Howie: Trump, Cruz, and then Paul. I'm going to switch the last two, though. I think, to me, Cruz, I don't know. I I think Cruz is going to have a lot of support, but I think Paul's ground game might be enough to overcome it. If you combine that with his debate performance and the clear support he has in Iowa, to me, I I really think he has a chance to tick up to second. But I am not as optimistic as Brian. I don't think he can overcome the extreme popularity of Donald Trump. I just don't think it's going to happen in the next three days. I think if Trump was going to fizzle, he would have fizzled already. And I, I kind of think he's unstoppable. And I, it's going to be the craziest election season in a long time. Because well, either he's going to flame out and that's going to be crazy or he's going to dominate and that's going to be crazy. So it's going to be crazy. And that's why we have to keep doing shows talking about well, it. Well, we're going to find out if this missing this debate is going to hurt him or help him. Because it might, I mean, hey, it, if he could take one on the chin, but in, so far as Iowa's concerned, missing this debate could, could have an well, adverse Iowans effect. are fickle. They might be like, screw that guy, huh? Yeah, Didn't want to come to our debate? come to Iowa? But he Didn't was still there. Him? He was like, I think he was like in town doing his little veterans. Some other thing, yeah. Rally. yeah. Uh, call, me, call me biased, but am I the only one who thinks that the only reason he skipped this debate is because he saw how well that worked for Iran? I I don't discount that. I said the same thing. I said that Rand laid out the battle plan for that, and Trump is following it. I think it's a factor. I mean, I don't know. I, it's it's hard. I mean, Trump would never admit he took a cue from Rand Paul, but I, I think it made him maybe possibly less nervous about skipping it, especially because he saw that Paul qualified after skipping it. So it clearly didn't hurt Rand Paul. If anything, it did help him. I mean, he got on. All, we talked about it on on last week's show on on Rand Paul's and minuses. He it got him on all these shows, and it, clearly it got him at least to the point in the polls where they had to let him in. So. Yeah, there is a big difference, though, between an underdog rejecting it and getting support for doing something the first time and then Trump doing it as a, you know, as you said, a, a kind of follow along, a, uh, you know, biting the scruff off Rand's battle plan there. And also, you know, the fact that Trump kind of comes across as fickle, he's going to lose a lot of support from women because he's saying, oh, you'll screw Megyn Kelly. So some people might say, OK, great. Yeah, screw Fox News. But a lot of people may be like, you know, what the hell? He thinks he's so arrogant. He can skip this debate. He can, you know, just pick and choose what he does. So now the interesting thing is Trump, if Trump does fail in Iowa, even though the polls put a couple of guys high, I don't see anyone as super strong after Trump. I really don't. I, I, don't, I think Ted Cruz is kind of weak. I mean, they've all seen fluctuations of support. Rubio, Cruz, Carson on that second level. Uh, Paul, to some extent. So I think the field is kind of wide open if Trump surprisingly does fizzle out. So if that happens, I mean, this is the craziest election season already, I think, in a long time. So, And it's a large part to Donald Trump and some part to Bernie Sanders and, and some part to uh, the, the, the fascination that is Ben Carson. Um, but... <laughs> Much like Ben Carson, I'm getting a little sleepy, so we are going to wind things down here. This coming Wednesday, look for another interview. We're going to return to our interview format. I know we've been bombarded with debate recap shows, with RAM pluses and minuses, but we're going to get back to our roots a little bit and try to squeeze some of these interviews in whenever we can. I've got a great guy, a great writer, Andrew Sirius on, and we are going to destroy some memes. That's right. We're going to look at the 90% tax thing. We're going to look at income inequality. We're going to look at all the sort of things you see plastered all over the internet in meme form that are meant to be actual policy prescriptions. So we're going to break some of those down. Until then, guys, why don't you join me here? Live long! And live free! Up next, the godlike Rubio. 